0: Hello, and welcome to the Hot House Transplants podcast. I am your host, Matt Duffy. Thank you so much for joining me today. We are talking with the men and women who contributed to the Hot House Transplants book released back in 1997, over 25 years ago. You can see our website, hothousetransplants.com. That's where all the episodes are going to be released, the past ones, the future ones. I would encourage you, if you haven't, go back and listen to the first couple of episodes of the podcast. It's going to tell you a lot about why we're doing the podcast and especially it's going to tell you about what the original house transplants book was about and why we did it in the first place. I hope you enjoy this episode and thank you so much again for listening. Well, hello there. How are you? Good. How are you?
1: Good. Really good. Just super nervous. I don't know why. <laughs> I think it's just the recording the official
0: of it <laughs> well then there's a couple of nice things one is I I don't um, I don't know if you listen to podcasts but I don't I don't do the podcast to make it all clean and perfect and precise it's supposed to be authentic and genuine and so the nice thing about it is is there's no like prim and proper way for it to go it is what it is it, it you know and it's casual and I can edit things and so it's yeah. Yes. And it's mostly just it ends up being just a conversation, which is kind of nice. So, yeah, right.
1: that's good. I think, yeah, it'll take me a few minutes to get, yeah, no. I'm sure.
0: Well, it was funny. We did, I did one with a friend of mine from the book as well. And um, the first question is, you know, to, to, to basically give, give us a, a snapshot of what your homeschool experience was like. And it was just so funny. It's just like, um, um, yeah, you know, so it's fun. And then go back and I can edit out some of that. It, it works out good. So anyways, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it.
1: I'm so glad you reached out. I was honored. I'm trying to find the book. I cannot remember what happened to the book somewhere along the way in all our moves. Um, we, I misplaced it and I was so sad because I was able to tell my kids about it.
0: Well, and, I, um, I can yeah. send you a copy. So we found, oh. we found, my, oh. we, we had uh, like 25 copies left in the oh, deep really? recesses of my parents' garage. So I can send you a copy.
1: Oh, it, that would
0: be rad. I just have to prepare you. It's embarrassing, like to read <laughs> back through your own story from 26 years ago.
1: Oh, I, I can imagine. It was so
0: embarrassing. just. But that's part of why it was so exciting to do this was to have something from from, from that point of our lives And then here we are 26 years later to be able to go back and say, you know, what's the perspective now? What what do you think now? And it's been neat because so many people that hear that we're going to be doing this are so excited because homeschooling has become so much more popular even the last couple of years. So people people are longing to hear what people like you have to say because you have lived this and you have experiences and thoughts and perspectives that people just want to hear and they can filter that through their own experiences. So it's kind of exciting. So, well, let's start at the beginning. As I said, it's just super simple, but it's basically just, yeah, give us a snapshot of what your homeschool experience was like. Obviously, we have what you wrote in the book, which I was reviewing again, because it was kind of fun, (laughs) but just from things you remember, kind of describe for everybody, what, what was it like for you?
1: Well, um, let's see, my mom started homeschooling when I was in fifth grade. So up till then I went to public school and I had a really great experience in public school. Um, my mom just, uh, just, she was kind of a rebel. So it really, it really fell along the lines of like her personality to homeschool. Um, kind of shocked our whole family. We didn't know anyone else who homeschooled. So from fifth grade until graduation, I was homeschooled with a brief stint in high school, which is what I wrote about in the book. Yes.
0: So So for for people who haven't read it, we're going to probably offer it. So, because that's one of the things we're going to get to is some of your thoughts (laughs) about doing the public school. So, okay, go ahead. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that was right smack dab in the middle of my homeschooling experience. And actually that was kind of when things shifted. So we started off really, um, literature-based. It was just, homeschooling was an extension of our family culture, Um, and uh, my mom was never really into curriculum. She was kind of whimsical, so she'd give us these um, kind of projects to do or do an oral report on this field trip, and um, she was also very social. I don't know, like, looking back, I do not know how these moms collaborated in a time of no internet like everything was phone calls and word of mouth and newsletters you know in the mail so she just rocked that and we were always doing things um I think I was really quiet it was a shock to be homeschooled and I did it it took a few years before I started meeting people my age they were all little kids at that time so I was kind of the the community babysitter (laughs) <laughs> and babysitting and childcare was kind of an um, was kind of kind of the theme I think throughout homeschool. So um, yeah, so we just started off really simple and pretty routine. Um, yeah, and then and then it shifted, and I don't know if you wanted to talk about that now or later, but that that has a lot to do with our church that we joined at that time.
0: It it, it shifted in high school or are you talking about right now? Okay. Yeah, well, we do want to hear about the shifts and and, and it's ironic because what what I'm most longing to hear from people is those, um, it's not that they're negatives, but I really want people to feel like they can share the things that they look back at and go, this thing wasn't as positive or this thing I wish I had done different or this caused this relationship here caused this to not work as well, you know, so those things, I think, are the things that people really want to hear, so they can go, oh, you know, that's something I might be dealing with, for for frame of reference, so this would have been in the mid-80s, late 80s, that you guys started?
1: Yeah, so, yeah, it would have been mid-80s.
0: Okay, and then you guys were in Southern California?
1: Yeah, Orange County.
0: You were in Fountain Valley or something, I think, because we were, we basically grew up, three miles apart, I think for the most part.
1: Okay. Yeah. And then
0: what, um, do brothers, sisters, where did you fall in line with brothers or sisters?
1: Okay. So I was the oldest of three. My, my two sisters were, um, six and eight years younger than me. So they weren't quite homeschooling yet when I started. Um, so yeah. And, um,
0: so it started with you, and then they, the other kids came along, and they came into a homeschooling context already?
1: Um, sort of, because I was, let's see, when I was in sixth grade, my sister, who was six years younger than me, she was starting kindergarten. So yeah, they they never went to public school, and they have a very different experience than I did.
0: <laughs> and that's, that's what I was wondering was, it, it's it's not bad. It's just the reality is a lot of times the oldest kid is the one that gets experimented on. And so they have, you know, you have the different experiences and then they, I was the youngest. So I sort of, I almost was there just following along the stuff that was all happening with my two older brothers. And I just happened to be, you know, so it it can be a very different experience depending on where you fall in line. That's why I like to know, you know, between the kids, the siblings, where you fall. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And since I kind of had, you know, public school experience, I knew what sitting down at a desk was and what learning, you know, okay, this is time to learn. Um, So I fell into homeschooling a little bit easier. Um, For them, it was just life. But looking back, I think they felt like, what was I even doing? (laughs) So my mom was just um, more committed when I was homeschooling and kind of put it out in the later years. So I think, yeah, that's why my sisters had a different experience. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So do you remember looking back do you remember what some of your day-to-day reality was like?
1: Um, Yeah. So again, um, in the beginning, we were pretty routine. Um, We'd wake up and have breakfast usually I would make breakfast my sisters as they got older they would help um, we would do bible it was always journal and math <laughs> we'd start with journal or bible journal math um, and then like I said my mom would just kind of I think she just I don't know if she had uh, lesson plans um, but she would just tell us okay this is your assignment for the day um sometimes we would collaborate and do classes with other people like i said she was really good at putting things together like that um or we'd go on a field trip sometimes it was just our family sometimes with other families or a homeschool group we joined a park day and that was yep. really nice for me the second year um just to see that there were other kids who were doing this because it was very isolating at first and my friends stopped inviting me to birthday parties my, my public school friends so that was a shock, but. Um, did but they yeah, ever tell you why?
0: Like, like why did no. they stop confiding? Okay.
1: I would they be so it. interested <laughs>
0: to know what their perspective was looking into your life change and then why they made that decision. So, I mean, it's not possible yeah. at this point. I am just curious if they had ever shared that. I'd be fascinated. Yeah, so,
1: so. yeah, I think as we were so young, so that would have been fourth grade. So it's like out of sight, out of mind kind of thing we hadn't quite developed strong friendships yet at least my friends and I so
0: it's funny yeah. as you say the park day because I, I remember the same thing that would that was that was sort of um in hindsight I think that was that was actually about the moms getting the chance just to have a breather and to have fellowship together and so the moms it all get to, and who knows where the kids were off at the park but they were together they were going to be fine they'd show up eventually but the moms got a great time of sitting out in nature and yeah with other women it was really cool that was a that was a highlight we had we did that same thing
1: yeah yeah it was it was the highlight of the week <laughs> so yeah um, so
0: so I'm curious as it moves along so you went back to then public school in your was it your senior year or was no, it no it
1: was my freshman year it was actually. your freshman year Yeah. So I had uh, spent the weekend with a friend or I don't know, spent the night with a friend over the summer before uh, my ninth grade year. And she was, she had gone, I went with her to her high school orientation and I just thought this looks like so much fun. So I asked my parents and, um, begged them and they said, okay, you can go to school. Um, but, you know, your grades better stay up you're, if you're, if you start, uh, like, if you make the wrong type of friends and start messing up, we're going to take you out right away. So um, they put me in a better school uh, in my city. So it wasn't like the boundary school that I would have gone to. It was a little bit better. And I took all the tests and passed those and made it in um, at my grade level. Uh, which I was actually a little bit nervous because that's one thing I kind of um, worried about through my homeschooling experience was that I didn't know enough that I wasn't learning what my friends were learning. And I wasn't learning what my friends were learning, but obviously knowing now I know that there's different ways to learn, but um, I always felt just a little bit not as smart as everyone so yeah. I was I was really surprised that I got in and, and I was able to start school at my grade level and I was really proud of myself so so I did that for like three months and um just decided one day I don't want to be here anymore <laughs> I
0: but you like, didn't want to be no. at the public school anymore
1: yeah um even though it was fun and and I did really well um I just i I did well in my classes and I was getting decent grades. Um, I just, I was a homebody and I'm not, I'm not a social butterfly. So I don't think I, I really needed that at the time. And it was, it was overwhelming and I didn't like spending all day at school and then coming home and doing more homework. I missed yeah. my freedom. Yeah. It was a little bit more challenging than I didn't. Um, like challenging, not that the workload was challenging, but just having work. And I kind of, I wanted the freedom. Yeah, that I had at homeschooling. So that's why I came back home.
0: <laughs> it's funny, I, I, I marked up certain stuff in your story Okay. And uh, so I, I found this because it, it was interesting because you, you make a couple of statements that at the time would have been for me, at least have been like, oh, okay. But as I've gotten older, I look at some of the things you wrote and go, yes, that's exactly like right on. So it's just, I'm right here in this part where you talk about your experience and people being surprised at the way you lived once you went back to public school and they were shocked you were not a partier and all these other things. And You have this great. uh, This was the line I'd marked here about you being back in public school. I slowly started conforming to the ways of the world, despite all I had been taught. I was lowering my standards, and before I knew it, I was missing on God's awesome plan for my life. Do you remember writing that?
1: Oh wow, I do not remember writing that, and I wouldn't have said that today because I was still really good. I didn't. I didn't do. Oh, I didn't really hang out with anyone outside of school. Um, that is so funny. I don't know in what ways I was conforming.
0: But that's part but of what's like you wrote this when this was words. fresh and raw and this was how you perceived things at the time. But that's what I love yeah. is like you think back and go, that wasn't really how <laughs> things were, but something in you felt like you weren't meeting the standard, it sounded like.
1: Yeah, yeah, gosh, I have to look back or I have to think about um, what would have brought me to that. But I know those were buzzwords, and I know my parents probably liked hearing that. <laughs> um, but I do remember, and I think I wrote this in there, that um, people would ask to copy my homework a lot. Yep,
0: yep, you have it like, in here.
1: Sure? <laughs> no problem. I had no idea that I could get in big trouble for that.
0: <laughs> it's just helping people out.
1: I know. I thought that's what I was supposed to do.
0: <laughs> so, so it only lasted a couple of months then in your freshman year.
1: Yeah. And, it, and at the time, yeah, my mom was teaching a um, homeschool drama class and, um, you know, they would just do things, on field trips. And I just felt like I was missing out at, yeah. on the home things. So yeah, it is. It's
0: interesting. It's, it's a much longer story when, when we get into telling our story, but that's something we've been seeing with our daughter because we've tried a, a lot of different schooling methods, but that was when we noticed when you're in the public school context that the amount of things you end up doing was overwhelming. And then you come home and you have more things to do. You have no life. And, um and so a lot of the things that you see, sometimes people are busy doing is just busy stuff you don't it's not really that they're learning and they're not really growing they're not it's not character development it's just busyness and yeah exactly what you said you can look around and go i'm not really living life i'm just doing all this busyness and then i go to bed and i have to wake up and start all over again who wants you know so my daughter was dealing with that through junior high exactly and so yeah it's it's it is a bummer when you see it and you experience it and there's so many better options so that's interesting so so did did your did your younger siblings ever do public school?
1: No, they never did. So yeah.
0: So how did it finish up then? If you you went back as a junior or as a freshman, and then you went back into homeschooling, so then you finished out as a homeschooling. How did that go for you? Was it kind of just picking right back up where it was before?
1: Um. No, and I think because I went to school, my mom didn't really do, I mean, because I went to public school, she didn't do any planning for high school. Okay. So I think as I came home, now she had a high schooler to think about. And um, I didn't really have any goals or educational challenges. um, And I didn't know how to ask for that. I didn't really know, you know, that's something that is vital to growing and being educated. Um, So everything at that point was geared. I was was thinking the four courses like that I basically took in high school were math. Um, I was always a reader, so I was always reading something. I wouldn't say I was reading classics or anything really great, but I was a reader. So math and reading. babysitting and which eventually turned into work um and what was the other oh church church was a big part of our lives and then um (laughs) being pure I felt like that was that was another overarching theme of my high school years was purity I don't know how many purity conferences I went to (laughs) um but I was really gung-ho about it and very excited at the time but um yeah, those were like the four themes of high school. And outside of that, there was just some classes here and there. But as I got a job and I started working full time, when I was a junior, um, the only thing I was doing was math for school.
0: Yeah, it says um, you wrote about this. You started working at the House of Hope,
1: which was yeah. a home
0: for women and children. And you were an age okay. the children's program manager. And you were doing that while you were doing your school.
1: Okay, so I must have wrote this a lot later then. I was thinking I wrote this right after I left high school. So I must have been older. I I must have been a senior then when I wrote for the book. Um, uh, 17.
0: Looks like 17 is what you wrote here. Yeah. So yeah, probably. Yeah.
1: So I thought that was going to be my career. It was a nonprofit. Um, My dad worked for the same company. A few people who I was homeschooled with um, worked for the same, uh, organization. So it was still very, um, safe in my parents' eyes and, um, they were fine. You know, I was fine with just like, this was my career until I have kids. And honestly, that was my goal after I graduated high school. I just wanted to be a mom <laughs> and yeah, I have more to say about all that, but
0: about graduating and being a mom, yeah. Oh yeah, yes. we're gonna. It's okay. funny because in my brain, what I kind of do is I do this. Um, there's sort of this before and after mentality I, that I think of, which is before is basically through high school, and then post high school is a whole nother world. Um, and it, it, so it's neat to get a picture for me, at least, of the before, and I think for people who are listening as well, because a lot of the things that then begin to connect to the later you look back and you say, okay, I've got a picture of this now paint me this picture. And you start to see these connections back and forth. That's, what's really kind of neat to me. So trying to get a good picture of the beforehand and what you were, what you were experiencing. So you brought up, so you brought up church as a big one and that's in your story a lot too. This was very important. How, how did your church community view the family doing homeschooling? Was it a church that had a lot of homeschoolers in it? A lot of public schoolers, a big mixture, was it pro, was it con?
1: Okay, so we were always a part of a small church, um, but in ninth grade, around the time that I started high school, um, we uh, started attending a new church, so previously no one else in our church was homeschooled, um, and then in this new church, everyone was homeschooled, and a lot okay. more people were joining who were homeschooled. So it was a church of homeschool families. (laughs) And And that was ninth
0: grade. So was that, was that the same year you did the public school back in high school your freshman year?
1: Yes, it was.
0: Oh, how weird. So you moved to a mostly all homeschool church the year you decided to go back to public school.
1: Yeah, exactly. But there were no other teenagers at this church. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I was attending a youth group with a friend of mine. I don't know if you knew the Wakefields, but I was attending a youth group with them. Um, their father was a pastor and then they stopped and there was a bunch of just different ideologies that I felt like started um, infiltrating a lot of churches. And one of them was that teenagers don't need youth groups. Um, so my parents were really, were fine with the fact that there weren't other youth at our church. So, um, so we started attending that church and I just got really involved in teaching Sunday school and a lot of the older, there were a lot of um, college girls at our church. Um, I think because our pastor spoke at uh, what was now, what is now called Vanguard, but it wasn't Vanguard then so a lot of girls from Vanguard attended our church and they they did a good job and I really appreciate this as they they tried to pour into me and spend time with with me being the only teenager um, and the pastor's wife did too so I had a lot of that input and I do appreciate that at that time I look back and I think it was really just pivotal in my growth
0: it's interesting, because I think there were a lot at that period of time, especially there were a lot of churches that actually, um, you saw this separation taking place where you'd have churches that were really focusing on the homeschool family. Um, and I think particularly because they felt like maybe some of their churches were sort of missing caring for the homeschool community or accepting it as much. That's why I like to know, because I've, there's been plenty of the stories where they're in a church and it's you know, a real split. There's some homeschoolers and some public schoolers, but there was tensions and there was, you know, you know, disagreements about the whole thing, especially in the 90s, because um, it was still kind of new, even in the early 90s. So, um yeah, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, so this church, um so they were homeschooling. No one had like everyone as they joined if they had a tv they eventually got rid of it so we got rid of our tv which we okay. were never really a big tv family like it was exciting to be able to watch reading rainbow at lunchtime even in junior high it was, yep. you have a really high tolerance for shows when you're not allowed to watch much
0: it's amazing so, yes
1: <laughs> yeah so yeah we got rid of our tv um but again, it was fine because we didn't really watch it that much anyway. Um, but like secular music was a no no, um, any kind of dancing. We weren't a, like, a, it wasn't a fundamentalist kind of church. Um, uh, like, we didn't have to wear skirts or anything, but there was a lot of like, I had mentioned before that our, that homeschooling was kind of an extension of our family culture. Well, I feel like that's when things shifted and homeschooling became an extension of church culture, our church culture. Um, So if the pastor did it or said it, then we did it or said it. And it was slightly cultish. Um, A lot of people thought we were a part of a cult, which we would just scoff at, but looking back, um, just how willing my parents were to, just buy into everything that the pastor did and said and he was a very charismatic type person and I don't think he meant harm and I know my parents did it out of love because they came from they they didn't have any type of guidance growing up they didn't grow up in a Christian home so here they were being told that if you do this and this and this here's what you'll produce this this perfect you know adult ready for life yeah. And um, I just, it's just, it's gone awry. It's so sad to see um, so many families like mine and even more seeped in in this. um, Just, I don't know, this, I want to say it was a homeschooling culture, but not everyone did the same thing. But um, the more, uh, it just, I saw a lot of people fall apart in later years being raised in these really strict homeschooling homes. So that was kind of, it's just kind of sad to me that it just, it started off so great and took a turn or something just very religious and very um, harmful.
0: Do you remember, this is backing up a lot, but it's tying to exactly what you're talking about. Do you remember why your parents initially chose to homeschool?
1: Okay. Yeah. So, um, my mom, well, we went to a play and my mom had never heard, heard, heard of homeschooling prior, but we went to a play and this woman came up to her and asked if her son could sit next to my mom. Cause it was really crowded and there was no, not enough room. And he was about seven and she said, yes, sure. So at, um, at intermission, she started talking to him and she was so impressed by how he spoke to her and he was witty and intelligent. And she said, what school do you go to? And he said, I'm homeschooled. And just fireworks went off in my mom's head because she just thought, oh, this is great. And so she started talking to his mom who is still um, very involved in the homeschool community. She's, um, I think she's a wonderful person. Her name is Carol Side. Uh, Carol Joyce side, and um, she's she's still an amazing uh, encourager. But this is when she was just getting started, and she kind of mentored my mom. Um, they became friends, and um, she was very, uh, very much about having a library card and what else? A math book. <laughs> just one library Hades.
0: card? That's not a homeschool family. Homeschool families have 10 <laughs> oh, library <right>. cards.
1: <laughs> True, yeah. Everyone has their own to several different bad bad. libraries. <laughs> yes, we're still that yeah. way. That's right. yes, Respect. I know, Respect. <laughs> yeah yeah so she was just very much um just kind of started that whole thing with my mom and, and like i said those first few years were very um just there was so much learning taking place and it was outside of the box type of learning and yeah. there weren't a lot of rules and uh, like i said we we're really literature based and uh, so anyway that my mom also grew up as a, she just loved reading. So she wanted to impart that to us. And so, um, and my dad was 100% on board from the beginning. Um, my mom, obviously she didn't work outside of the home at that time. So it was just a natural thing for them. And uh, yeah, so that's why they decided. And they, they, I think they would say at the time it was a conviction they felt like God was calling them to homeschool.
0: The reason I, I find that one so interesting, I, when I started the podcast, one of the first things I did was I actually did an interview with my mom and I was finding out this stuff. I had never really asked them before. Like, why did you actually decide to start? And so it was interesting to go back and hear them recount these sort of their perspective. And, and they used the same phrase you did. They felt just like God was calling them to do something different and they it wasn't um, it wasn't a dissatisfaction with the public school system. It was just purely they felt like God had been calling them to do something different and mm-hmm. something good for their family. I hear the same kind of thing as you're describing. Your mom saw something and she thought that would be so good for my kids. I'd love my kids to have that ability to go and interact with adults so well. I'd love them to be so responsive and communicative and kind and you know so it's very it's very easy to look at that and go that's cool I want to I want to be like that the reason I'm asking is because there are the other there are other stories where it was a much more a very rigid um, I want to protect my kid from destruction in the world I want to protect them from the public school system which is going to destroy them uh, academically I want and and I've seen some of those stories are the ones that I hear then. Um, congregate towards a, a church like what you were talking about where there's there's such a, a passion to protect from from all these outside influences. a lot of times I see those churches are the, those homeschoolers uh, gravitate towards those kinds of churches. So that's kind of where my brain was yes. going when you were sharing like usually the pathway follows and makes sense from the beginning on. so, to hear that your parents did what they did it kind of makes sense they're looking to care for you and protect you guys and bring you up in the best possible way and that's pretty so when you guys shifted churches how did everything kind of conclude for you in your high school years then going back to homeschooling having shifted churches you're working a little bit now as well how did that kind of wrap up pre-college years
1: Okay so um I, again my parents like when i say there was a shift it was exactly to that just protecting our kids from the world yeah. that's what homeschooling became for the second half those last 4 years in high school um so i i had a job which was very close to home like my dad he uh, he worked in the same organization with me, just a small yeah, the Orange County rescue mission. And um, I just, I graduated working there and um, really my mom's only requirement, if she would even call it a requirement, was to finish um, my math book, which was, I think it was algebra one. Um, so I didn't, um, and I didn't make any goals. I wasn't even sure what I would do after high school, um, the church I was a part of really discouraged college for women because especially if you like, they didn't say you have to be a wife and a mom, but you're probably going to be. So why spend all this money on college? That was kind of the the thinking um, that was passed down or that was given to me. And the encouragement was to, you know, work until I found a husband. So I worked and I didn't find a husband. So I was like, uh, I'm not married yet. I thought I'd be married when I was, you know, fresh out of high school. But so I thought, I think I'm going to go to college now. So that was so I took a I guess I took a gap year is what it would have been referred to as.
0: That's so interesting, because just hearing the mindset, they, I mean, the mindset, if you told people now, you know, you're going to graduate high school and then expect to be married within a year, <laughs> most people would hear that and go, what are you talking about? But I that was, that was very common. And there was nothing, I mean, that was so normal, not even just in the homeschool world, but in the secular world, or the non-homeschool world. It, it was so common. People got married very young, and it was normal. So there's it's just so funny hearing it in this day and age where people are getting married in their thirties, um, for the first I know.
1: time. So. Oh my goodness. I, I know. And kind of a funny thing about graduating was our church was so small. And so, um, we were just all so family, um, that the whole Sunday service was dedicated to my graduations.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, awesome.
1: so, yeah. And it's, it was so normal.
0: <laughs> you actually have, you wrote something here, I think I marked it, but you wrote about your graduation being very unorthodox. It was just like people <laughs> all hanging out and just having a good time. Yeah, it's in there, I know, but uh, mine was the same. It was uh, the people our age that were in our homeschool group or proximity or friends, we just all, I think we just hung it out somebody's house and that was our, our so-called prom. It was fantastic.
1: <laughs> That's it was a, it was a great.
0: Ridiculous graduation <laughs> That's ceremony. Awesome. That's interesting. Okay, so um, so then you're nineteen or so, and then you're looking at say, well, I'm not married yet. Thought that was going to happen. What 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 happens next for you?
1: So um, I started taking some classes at just the Orange Coast College, just the local city college, yep. um, and did really well. Like I I had no problem transitioning to um college classes it was fun um I didn't really have any study skills so I didn't do well on tests and studying for tests but as far as content was concerned it was super easy I was nervous that it would be hard for me but I think you can get away with not doing a lot if you're a reader I, I yes. tell my kids that because <laughs> you know you can make it if you do if you just become a reader um I mean I just, I think that's important. Um, not that other things aren't, but I think, I think that's why I did so well. Um, but then I got bored and I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know what to major in. I was just taking general ed classes. And um, again with the, well, you know, you don't really wanna go to a college or a university because it's a lot of money, it's a lot of debt. And, and again, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I mean, looking back, I wish I can go back and just shake myself by my shoulders. And like, there's 50 things I could, could have gone into, but I had no idea who I was even. I was just my parents' daughter and I was obedient and I didn't really, I didn't have any interest. I thought, oh, we'll probably just be... Well, I didn't have the confidence to be a teacher, but I guess I'll just work in early childhood education. So those are my classes for the second semester. And then I went back to work full time. And um, I think that's when the transplant shock hit. I
0: feel like you just gave a uh, uh, um, cliffhanger (laughs) ending. That was beautifully done. So let me ask, um, Because I think what you just described is way more common than, um, and and that's part of one of the things I wanted to come out in the podcast is that same thing of feeling like I didn't know what to do with college. That, That happened to me as well in junior college. Same thing. Had no idea. So I spent five years in junior college doing things and had no idea why, and you're shifting majors and. Trying this, trying that. No, that's not. You know, it's almost like you're at you know the store trying on all these clothes with no idea what your taste is, and you're just okay. I guess I'll try that on. I guess I'll try that on. You know, I think that is far more common than people realize with us. Um, and if it's good or bad, it just that seems to be a reality for um, at least a chunk of the homeschool world. And there's, of course, the other side where I knew what I wanted to do at seven years old. I got through. I got into college. I hit it and I finished it in two years and graduated that's awesome. But, um, yeah. I, I share your experience cause I did the five years and then left with no degree because I decided college just wasn't for me. So that sense of like, what am I doing? Where am I supposed to go? And it sounds like, because your, your church also had this sort of emphasis of why bother? There would have almost not even been a thinking ahead, um, you weren't ever taught to think ahead in that context it sounds like it was a don't even worry about it it's not it's not going to happen anyway so don't even worry about it so am I kind of hearing it right
1: yes you are that was exactly how it was
0: so hit us with this uh the the transplant shock (laughs) because
1: so I I moved out of my parents house and there was no falling out just like I guess um I want to live with grandma and grandpa so I moved in with my grandparents they had an extra room in their house and um I was trying to remember why or how this decision came about but I don't remember um so not having any my parents um okay so (laughs) I'm trying to present this uh, well, I'm not sure if they're going to listen to this podcast, but my parents are very controlling, um, just very authoritarian, out of love in a way of keeping us from the pain and the hardships that they endured, yeah. you know, growing up. So, um, so even if I was out late, that like, I didn't have a curfew, but if I was out too late with friends, like, going to Denny's after a concert or something, that was just unheard of. A Christian girl should not be out this late. That is a really bad example to your sisters. Oh, I always had to be a really good example to okay. my sisters. Yeah, um, and, and I took that seriously. So, um, so moving out of their house, it didn't really have to be a good example. I didn't have to hold up this persona that I had with everyone in my church that, you know, I was the person they called on to be house sitter or to take care of their kids, you know, for the weekend. And I was just really responsible and dependable and just the picture of a young adult. But I just, um, I was just obedient, I think. And, and I really mattered to me what people thought of me. So when I moved out, it no longer mattered to me so much. I can do what I wanted and just having that instant freedom and without accountability. And I didn't really have a lot of friends at this time, just maybe work friends. Um, I got into a just unhealthy relationship and this was with, um, this guy was, uh, younger than me because I, I think I was very underdeveloped mentally and emotionally. Um, I didn't have a lot of decisions to make on my own. My parents were just very, um, I think they would make those make decisions for me. I hadn't been allowed to date. Um, so it was all these things I wasn't allowed to do. I, I all of a sudden could. <laughs> um, so I guess I was obedient on the outside, but obviously not uh, not once I moved out. So um, we just connected, and um, I I wouldn't say I went wild. Um, really, this this was the only aspect of my life that was out of control was this relationship, and um, I ended up. Uh, becoming pregnant, you know, obviously we weren't married. And um, that just, that was a very chaotic time in my life. Um, I was just um, kind of abandoned (laughs) by these people who I had gone to church with for 10 years. Um, No one reached out. I just felt this like I was the worst person on the planet. Um, my parents didn't talk to me for a while because it was just a shock. It was a shock to everyone that, what, Rihanna's pregnant? You know, who is this person? And um, so, yeah, I don't know where to go from there, but That's, it was a very a difficult time few years and I can imagine that
0: yeah because you, you it's almost like you've whether it was right or wrong feeling like you've let everybody down somehow and having people treat you with disdain because of something like that instead of caring for you and loving you and embracing you at a time where you truly needed it that just crushing
1: yeah yeah and and the wonderful thing about going through that is, it really makes me more compassionate today in the um, in the the pro life debate and and all of that um, because I wasn't offered one resource by anyone, oh, wow. and of course it wasn't an option in my head to have an abortion. That was that was not. I mean up till then, all I ever wanted in life was to be a mom. I mean, I wasn't yeah. trying to be a mom at that time, but it wasn't an option. But when it is an option just in someone's head, that would have been so easy. It would have been the only option. It would have made so much sense. Um, yeah, I just, that was the loneliest time in my life. So, I mean, eventually I repaired I made amends with my parents, and by the time my son was born, um, I wouldn't say we were in a good place, but I was living back at home, and yeah, but it was, it was a rough few years after that.
0: So this is, is this um, early 20s, early to mid yeah, 20s so, that you're dealing with
1: this? Yeah, actually 24.
0: Okay, so 24, like, okay,
1: yeah, I was old enough to be a mom, like I think, you know, but mentally and like I said I was underdeveloped just I was not ready I mean I I did the best I could and I was very uh, maternal naturally but anything else in life I was not prepared I grew up a lot in those few years alongside of my kids (laughs) so and and
0: Do you, and this is probably only a hindsight question, but looking back, because you've you've talked about feeling like you were mentally or emotionally uh, immature, do you have clarity as to why you think you were? Like, was it because of homeschooling? Because of, because of the parents? Was it because of other things, do you think? I
1: thought about this a lot going through these questions. Um, trying to figure it out, as I now have adult children, or almost adult children, um, I think it was a combination of the type of parents I had, and homeschooling, and the the protective bubble I was raised in, that um, I just, you know, I really don't know. I wish I can name it. Um, I, I don't know what could have been done differently besides me just going to public school or maybe, maybe having more goals, I think. Um, I was kind of wandering in those, in those years, uh, those early adult years. But um, yeah, it was just, and the church we were a part of, it was just the perfect scenario for someone to be um, protected and not be prepared for the world, or real life, or adulthood, I don't know. I think it's easy, though, to not think, not realize that you're raising your children, and and in a bubble, (laughs) because even, even me, as a mom, trying to protect my kids, I've I found that I could easily do that. And, you know, and we're, we're navigating adulthood with my oldest and um, trying not to make the same mistakes, but realizing that, oh gosh, he has been protected from a lot.
0: <laughs> do you find yourself, especially because they're older, do you find yourself um, recognizing things that you saw that you grew up with, and then immediately trying to steer the other direction from those things when it comes to your kids?
1: Yes, very much. I mean, with music and TV and devices. And I mean, I didn't just let them go at it full bore, but I, I've allowed it, you know, my husband and I have um, let them play video games and, you know, let them just do a lot more. And I didn't realize until recently that, again, like, my son's first job was with his dad and and he, all his friends like he never had rules because all his friends i knew their families yeah. um so i just thought teenagers are a breeze with these boys they know, they're just so easy but that's because i didn't realize the life we have is just it's they're they're there's a lot we avoid i guess by them not going to school or to, my kids are homeschooled um by not, and, and I, I tried so hard to not be that. Um, yeah, so it's just, or we're just, we're just trying to figure it all out. <laughs> I but yes, I, I think I had the advantage of seeing these kids who were super, um, and these families who were super strict and restricted from everything. And yes, that 100% affected how I parented and how we ended up, um, doing our schooling, which I thought was so different. And I think it was, I think in so many ways, it's been a good thing. um, Because they're, they're not, um, they're not rebelling or anything. Um, But I lost my train of thought. (laughs) I forgot where I was going to go with that. That's okay.
0: You hit on something that, that I think is, um, very important, at least in my observation, which is having families that your kids get to live life with that, you know, and that you trust and giving your kids the freedom to live life with these families. And one of the reasons I love that is because number one, no parent is sufficient on their own. I don't think no no married couple, you just can't do it. We're not designed. I don't think, I don't think we're designed to be able to do all that is necessary to raise a child. You need a community of people. You need a people that are different and do see things in ways that are not exactly how you see it. Um, I think a lot of us grew up in bubbles, not just I'm not just talking homeschool. I, a lot of times, regardless of the homeschool, even in a church, even you're going to public school and going to a church, a lot of times you can grow up in a church bubble. And having people in our lives that are not in the same bubble that can look at our lives from the outside, look at our kids' lives, and if we give them the freedom to talk to us and share their observations and to share life with our families together. I find that to be so powerful because you have somebody else that's going to look into your life, your kids' lives and vice versa. And that's gold. I mean, when you're talking about trying to raise a family, um, sharing that with other families that are honest with each other and authentic with each other, to me, that is just one of the greatest things we could do, um, for one another. And like you were saying, if your, if your son has a place to go or your kids have places to go, that to me is just powerful stuff.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. And I'm grateful for the friendships they've had, you know, throughout high school, especially during 2020, when my oldest was graduating, all the other families that we were um, a part of, like we all still, um, got together and they still saw each other. And, um, I think it really saved them in a time that could have been really difficult being yeah. alone.
0: Yeah. Tough couple of years for
1: yeah.
0: everybody. <laughs> for so everyone. I'm curious, cause you, you mentioned two, two things, which is you're married now, um, and your homes could your kids. So if you can give us a quick, how did this all come together? You met a great man. You've got other kids. It sounds like as well. So
1: so, um, we are still together, um, my husband and I, uh, and, you know, we, he never once wavered as far as being a parent, even though, um, uh, he was younger and we didn't live together in those first few years. We joined a church and, um, we, uh, joined a a life group. And this was the first time as an adult, I did life with other Christians and, um, they, they basically threw us a wedding. So we, we had this really (laughs) budget wedding in a warehouse and it was just the greatest thing. And then, um, and it's been difficult, but God has redeemed our story so much. Um, we have four more kids, so we have five total. Oh wow! Awesome. Our oldest, yeah. our oldest is twenty, and our youngest is eleven. So uh,
0: you have a very busy life.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wow. yeah, it is, especially now that they're all older, and yeah, not all driving. <laughs> so,
0: so when it came to having your kids and did you guys have a discussion about homeschool? Was he homeschooled by chance? No. Okay.
1: And he actually thought homeschoolers were <laughs> like, he was one of the kids who made yep. fun of homeschool. Yep. Yep. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So he was not 100% on board. So we were back and forth in those first few years. Um, my son went to kindergarten and I just started to see some of his creativity, um, change and like I felt like he was losing his creativity because he had to draw things the way the teacher said to draw them so um that was kind of hard for me but so in second grade I homeschooled him and then I was having my fifth and uh, when he was entering third grade and I thought I got to send these kids to school because I, it's just, just too much. We're not doing enough schoolwork. So I was very um, traditional We uh, in that first year of homeschooling. <clears throat> had all the books and it was basically public school or traditional school at home. <laughs> that was what I was trying to do, which was not practical. Um, so I sent my two oldest to school and halfway through, he my oldest, um, said he was the dumbest kid in the class. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, what? Why would you even say that? He was so intelligent, so just insightful, um, but it was still not, reading great and there was this math wall and he wasn't on the math wall because he was so bad at math um so I took him out mid third grade and we didn't do anything but I just read to him and he read to me and that's all we did that year and I think it it saved his um he needed that so um and I've just been homeschooling everyone else since and um I can't remember what your question
0: was, but well, no, that was, <clears throat> that was it. I'm, I look, I look for, I look for a lot of the things that take the way we are raised, and then what we what we sort of do as response as we are adults and facing the same situations. That fascinates me. The, looking at the way we are grown up and the context we have, the kind of parenting, the kind of education, the kind of church, and then as we have the ability to be independent adults what do we do with it and and the and the connectivity fascinates me of this happened to me when i was younger and so i can trace that to now that i'm an adult i'm doing this and i can pro or con i can still point to these things and go oh that's why i'm like this that's why i respond this way to this this is why i don't want to do this this is why i love this you know that to me is fascinating because to me it shows I think every parent, I can't say this is true. I think most parents desperately long to do what's best for your kids. And I believe from your story, that's your parents. They desperately long to do what was best for you. It doesn't always work. Good intentions don't always bring about the desired result. That's okay. That's life. But sometimes we can have something happen with our parents, especially with homeschooling. And then we get older and we look at that and say, because of this experience, I'm not even going to consider this because it was all bad. Instead of saying no, it wasn't all bad. There's some really good stuff there that I can bring into my reality. I'm just going to maybe do things a little different, or I'm gonna change this, or I'm gonna adjust this instead of, and I've been seeing, All of that spectrum from people, whether it was a absolutely no, I'm gone the other way completely, to no, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And yes, I'm doing exactly the way I was raised. And so to me, this is fascinating because of the way that we all are and all of our stories are different. But yeah. So it sounds like you did a little bit of that. You took some of that homeschool reality and you and your husband are tweaking it. You're doing what you think needs to be done to adjust it to maybe be a little. Um, not necessarily safer, but to do things a little different than you experience them, hopefully, what you're looking for.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And those first few years of being homeschooled when my mom just really valued nature walks and field trips and um before all the rules came in, (laughs) that is that's the kind of homeschooler that I think I am, you know. So she definitely planted seeds and um, that was just such a precious time in my life. Those early years that um, I you know, definitely value those still and try to implement those, with my kids as much as possible.
0: <laughs> I don't know if you're, are your parents still around?
1: They are. Yeah. Okay.
0: How do they interact with you, your husband, the family? Cause that's, that's a, that's a crazy story. And so now as a wife, mother, five kids how has their interaction been with your family as a result of or not even a result but just how has it been
1: so at first it was very volatile (laughs) like I said my parents are very loving and um with us and we were very close they they genuinely enjoyed being with me and my sisters and spending time with us um and I think that that has saved our relationship, just having that foundation. But at that time, um, at the beginning of my husband and I's relationship, it was it was really uh, chaotic and volatile <laughs> um, because my parents are, um, you know, everything they had dreamt and hoped for had basically shattered with my sisters as well, kind of at the same time. Mm. So, It was just a time of, I think, mourning for them. And they mourned in a way that um, was so hurtful and destructive. Um, They even left church. (laughs) Um, They just kind of said all of this was, you know, a lie. Why did we even try to raise you guys right? Um, They have come back around. And over the years, um, actually, they've been great. They've been wonderful grandparents. They're so involved with their grandkids' lives, and even with my sister's kids. um, So, and we're all very close to this day. Oh, good. Okay. But it took a long time. I would say a good, yeah. It it took a few, maybe a good five years um, before we were back to normal <laughs> normal is the word to use I don't know but um but yeah and they're very happy that I've chosen homeschooling my sisters haven't um but they're still like they're just so supportive of our choices okay. these days so
0: grandparents are so important and so that's, that's why I was hoping there was sort of a a happy conclusion, at least at this point in yes. your guys' reality, because having them involved as you're raising your kids to me is just so critical. If you can, ha- if they can be a part of their life, that's so that's beautiful that they are. Yes, that was restored, like you said.
1: It is. Yeah, it was. And my mom, um, she still loves to teach. <laughs> she does a lot of art classes with them. <laughs> so um, she likes to get involved with homeschooling. <laughs>
0: that's, that's my mom as well
1: when she's visiting
0: with come on over I'm going to teach you this new thing and we're going to go do this or we're going to do adventure books I'm going to teach you about this she just that's I think a lot of our parents that's who they were at their core is a lot of the moms were at their core they love to teach they love to share and and um, that's just because it's a part of who they are they're never going to change and that's beautiful you know and so the nice, the nice thing as my mom would like to say is it, it's grandkids teaching a grandkid is very different because you just send them home at the end, you know, whatever it is, you just send them <laughs> home. So you can kind of hit and run, come in and do something really cool. And then you can leave them to us. And... Yeah. It's just the way it works. That is, so.
1: that is so great. And your mom has, her website has been invaluable to me <laughs> every year as I'm planning our, our curriculum. So what a resource do you have in her, you know, aside from I'm sure how wonderful of a person she is. but
0: it's it's been interesting we had a very I I haven't recorded my podcast yet for what my experience was like so we're getting ready to do that but the gentleman who's going to interview me they just had a baby so it's gonna be put it on hold for a little bit but
1: Um, yeah
0: it's 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 interesting to look back and realize the resource and ironically her website and things she contributed that's just who she is she loves as a lot of our moms do they just love to help and and teach and instruct. And my mom does it a lot with her church even. That's just, she's pouring out her life, teaching people faith at her church. That's just, she's always been that way. So it's kind of neat to hear, but I love the grandparents find a place to do that with their grandkids, especially to me, that's just very special. So I'm sort of uh, thinking big picture here. It, It sounds like overall, even though, the way that your parents may have gone about the homeschooling or, um, the strictness, I guess, that overarching strictness that was in your life. It sounds like the homeschool experience was a positive experience for you.
1: It was. And I am grateful that I was homeschooled looking back. I, um, you know, there were a few things I would have changed, like setting goals and, you know, a little more challenged but i am glad for the opportunity and i'm glad my parents took that route
0: so real quick if you wouldn't mind because i think what you hit on is actually something other people are going to want to hear about because the setting goals and the being challenged sometimes um what would that have looked like for you do you think if if you could go back and kind of adjust something what do you think it would look like
1: I think finding out what my actual interests were. um, I think my mom always saw me as an artist, which I was very creative, but I was not an artist. And babysitting came natural just because I was surrounded by kids. So I think they thought I was either going to be an artist or work with children. And um, that was about it. So I think... I, I wish they had spent more time getting to know who I who I was and my interests, and um, maybe talked, maybe done just some more career exploration. Um, I would not have. I, I do wish that they hadn't allowed me to work full time so early, um, okay. that where work was my life. I, I wish that um, school and actually being assigned um work, you know, good, challenging, hard work, even taking classes. So I didn't take any outside classes um, except drama because my mom taught it. Um, and I never asked her why, because at that same place there were extension classes that kids were taking. And um so that that would have been helpful just to see that there were other options because it kind of shocked me. Um, after when I started meeting kids my age, you know, after high school, so college age, that people were shocked that I didn't go to college. and It was just surprising because I didn't come from that world. And in my world, it was, you know, kind of silly to go to college if you're unless you wanted to be, you know, something that required a degree. Um, so, like, I kind of felt I was intimidated. I started to be to feel uh, just intimidated by people who were in college or going to college thinking man I should have done this <laughs> so um and and even if I I just went to um you know a trade school something during that time I think or just some guidance and some working it out my parents kind of just left it up to me so
0: I, I relate to that, actually, because that's how I you, you just nailed exactly how I felt, which if somebody would have told me about trade school, I would have done trade school. I'm actually a builder. And but if, wow. if somebody had mentioned that, um, I wouldn't have spent five years in junior college. But and it's weird. <laughs> I don't This is one of the questions I'm going to get to with my parents. It's just I haven't gotten to. But that is one of those like why in college? How did you see what I was doing in college? What was it looking like from your perspective? because I felt aimless and like, I didn't know what I was doing or even what I was supposed to do, but I was supposed to do something. So let's do this, but I'd love to know how they viewed what I was doing because they may not have seen it as aimless, or they may have seen you not going to college as the right thing, or maybe they saw you as going to college as just silliness. Who knows, you know, it'd be interesting to know what their perspective was, but yeah, making those comments to our kids about, Hey, just so you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? What about this and letting their brains kind of wrestle with all of these different concepts and ideas and possibilities.
1: Exactly. yeah that I don't know why I didn't even think to think about that, but I think maybe just for some kids they just kind of need that um, they need something to start that thought process, I guess.
0: Yeah, and that's that's how I was too. Yeah, we need somebody to from the outside say, hey, I've noticed. Yeah. What do you think about this? And so have you been doing that with your kids? I bet like have you been the one to kind of go to your kids and really want to help, um, get to know them and help them get to know themselves and help them think about and dream big and dream imaginatively.
1: Um, yeah, probably not in a very, I've not been very good at it, <laughs> but my oldest, um, we've gone back and forth and I think I I was a little too much, um, letting him decide, (laughs) but like, um, so at first he was going to go to junior college and then he thought, okay, wait, I want to go to, uh, do, uh, theology at, you know, uh, CBU, which is really close to us. And then he decided he doesn't know, and he didn't want to waste money. So I, yeah, I've, I've, I've put them in a lot of things <laughs> like he did police explorers because i thought he wanted to do that so he's really done a lot of exploring different careers <laughs> but he ended up um working with his dad at a, a a coffee shop my husband had helped started um had helped start and um he was an apprentice roaster for the past gosh uh since 2019 um and then he decided to take the summer off and he's working at a summer camp. Um, so anyway, you didn't ask what he's doing, but yeah, I, it's a lot harder than I thought it would be. Yeah. Sometimes I, I think maybe I should have told him, you need to go to school <laughs> until you figure it out because he doesn't know what he wants to do. So it's not as easy as you think it is once you're a parent of an adult so so it's my next one he'll be a senior next year um he has no idea what he wants to do so (laughs) we're just gonna try again and um I'm just trying to get him involved and um there's a career exploration class I'm gonna have him take and yeah we're just gonna we're gonna try it again (laughs)
0: It's interesting to me because the, the reality, at least for me, is that expecting them to know what they want as their, like their super career, this is who I'm gonna be, this is what I'm gonna do, to me is just so silly at this age that I didn't know what I wanted to do or be at that age. I had no clue. And even if I did want to do something, doesn't mean that's what I have to do the rest of my life. I can always do something, support myself, learn some skills, and then in three or four years, do something totally different and learn new skills and, and go some other direction if I want, you know, but this idea that almost you have to finish high school, go to college, yeah. know what you want to do for the rest of your life, go get everything you need to do that. Now go do it for the rest of your life, then retire if you can't like that mentality. I don't, I don't think is right. It doesn't make sense to me for us as people. Um, I think a lot of times, especially guys, we need to experience and try to figure that out it's we just have to go and try things and at some point it seems like we sort of something clicks and we go you know what that was cool i like i could do that you know and maybe that only happens for five years and they do something totally different you know it's like
1: (laughs) there's no right or wrong way to do it no yeah i am learning that like right now as we speak
0: (laughs) so what because I'm like coffee shop junkie, just so what coffee shop did he help open there?
1: Um, so it's, it's called Golden State. He doesn't work there. My husband or my son, um, they don't work there yet. I think Caleb will go, my, my son, he'll go back there, but it's um Golden State Coffee Roasters in Placentia. Okay. So yeah, he, but my husband works for a different, he's still in the coffee industry, um, but he works for a different company now.
0: That's a man after my own heart right there. The, um, <laughs> I hear that a lot. <laughs> Matt and Jenny Chancey, who are in the book, um, we've done their podcast already, which is fantastic. The, they live in Enterprise, Alabama, and which is, I think is where Matt grew up. They went and they started a coffee shop with their family there in Enterprise. It's the only coffee shop in town, but that's what their family, that's what their family does. The kids basically run it. They did the business plan. That's their family thing. Matt still works um, and they do other things, but it's just, it's, it's awesome. So they have their own coffee shop in Enterprise, Alabama. So,
1: I love that. That's kind yeah. of my, just a little dream, you know, that we could just run our own coffee company out in, I don't know, Tennessee or somewhere else. California. But yeah, that's awesome.
0: I mean, why not? There's no reason you guys can't do that. You've got the experience in the family already.
1: Yeah. I mean, pursue it. I know. We really want to. So, yeah, we're kind of, our family is kind of at a, we're at a place where we're ready to move. And Tennessee is kind of the place, but that's where everyone's going. I don't know if that's a good thing, but I think it is because we'll be surrounded by a lot of like-minded people and
0: yeah, so we're trying to figure those things out
1: right now. We we live in Middle
0: Tennessee, so okay. it's it's changed a lot since we moved here. Um, I but it is glorious. It is yeah. it is hard to explain what's so different. Um, but the culture—it's positives and negatives. But it has been such a good thing for our family. Um, and ironically, one of the big things that to me is very different is there is such a mentality here of just try it out you want to open a business and do that yeah just go do it and so people are entrepreneurial like I've never seen in my life over here and it's from you know young kids even or the amount of lemonade stands lawn mowing services car washes pressure washing like these kids are out that's there's a mentality here of oh you don't like what you're doing start your own business you want to do a coffee shop Go, go open a coffee shop you know and they do it And um, it's just neat. There's just this freedom to pursue. And I think in California, I didn't, at least for me, it was not that there was such a feeling of things are too difficult to get done. It's impossible. It's overwhelming. It's. And so when you get sort of your mind freed up to this idea of, yeah, why not? Why not? I, I'm a builder. And so I was meeting with a lady. She's um, she's a window representative actually. And she starts telling me how she just moved from, Alabama and she'd always wanted to own her own uh, butcher shop I think down there and she was explaining my dad could run it and I have 20 years experience in that industry and I know this and I know this and I know where it would go da, da, da. and I just looked at her and I said well why don't you do it and she just stares at me dead quiet like that's yeah why why don't I why don't I do it you know anyways it's so awesome. the homeschool world to me should be like that there should be this, there should be this, um, this, um, almost empowering that goes with the kids. And I think most parents want to do that. You know, we want to empower our kids to think and imagine and dream and be bold and be brave and be confident and like in, in Christ, not just spiritually, but you can do so many things. So go and try, like, (laughs) what's the worst that's going to happen? You, it fails. Okay, fine. Try again, do something different. And if that fails, fine. Try something like, but it's a very different mindset, I think, for a lot of us to get into that. Yeah. So quick question, kind of in closing, because I've already used over an hour of your time. Um, Most people that are going to be listening to this podcast are looking for the, um, I guess, the, the don't do this, do this. That's really something people are big on, is knowing... Is there anything you would run away from? Is there anything you would say, definitely look at doing this? Is there anything in your mind that really stands out? And there may not be, so it's okay if there's not, but is there anything in your mind that stands out? Like, I, I would say, be cautious of doing this, but I would encourage you to consider doing this.
1: Um, well, I just know in my own life, um, what I learned was not to try to mold my kids into my image. Um, they have have their own talents and their own desires, and they're going to go through their own trials, and um, I'm just going to be there with them, walking through it and helping to guide them. Um, it's their life. It's their story, and uh, I can't write it. <laughs> I just try to um, provide them with as many resources as, um, as I can. And um, so that's one thing, that's just what I do. I don't know if I would tell people you need to do that, but it's worked for me so far. Um, And then uh, what was the other thing? I just lost it. Um, Oh, family connections, just having a relationship with them, having a relationship where they can come and talk to you about their struggles without feeling like they're a bad person. Yeah, that has, our family, we're really close. And um, we don't get shocked by a lot of things. (laughs) And um, I think think that helps. Um, So yeah, just having a connection and allowing them to be who they are and who God has made them to be. um, That's, it's working so far for me so that's that's all i have
0: those are really good i think those are really good because i think having you have shared a lot of your story those seem like they connect to your story like why those are important to you but that's a that's a good lesson for all of us don't try to make our kids us and i yeah, do absolutely. i think you're right i think a lot of us feel that tension of um and we may not even realize we do that but I do that with my son sometimes, for example. Now that now that you've said that, I do that where I see personality and tendencies. That's not what I would do, so I need to fix it instead of going. Well, no, it's that's who he is. That's okay. It's that's okay. You know. So I think you're dead on on those. Those are really good. Well, I really appreciate it. that. Was fantastic to hear, and those that was not what I was expecting, oh. <laughs> um, but that's part of part of why I like to not catch up with people before the podcast is I want it to be fresh for me. I don't want to know ahead of time. I want to hear with everybody else. I want to hear the story unfold. And um, that was really neat to hear where you guys are at. So I appreciate that very much what you shared.
1: Oh, good. Thank you. It was fun. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's not that exciting, but I am looking forward to hearing all of the other stories. These are, it's definitely it's definitely a podcast I'd be, I'm excited to listen to. And you haven't, you haven't released any yet, right?
0: No, okay. the, the plan is I've been, I've been recording them and we're going to probably, if we can start, start it out at the end of summer, because I want to get a lot of them done. Um, and that way we can release kind of on a schedule. And uh, so my wife's helping to get the next, there's six more just waiting to be scheduled still. And I can't keep on top of it all. Cause it's not, it's not even my job. It's a side thing. And um yeah. But yeah, we are very excited to, and it's and it's been it's been neat not only because we're doing it with the people from the book, but there have been so many other people that we've been meeting that have amazing stories, and so we're going to be branching out to even all sorts of other things that I think are going to surprise some people, and um, yeah, it's been neat to sort of relive and reprocess the past with people, and then look to the future, and then what I especially love is. Even if you look at your or think of your story as not that interesting or whatever, other people are not going to. They're going to hear something that's powerful to them. And they need to hear something you've said. It's normal to you because it's your reality. But for somebody else, that's not normal. And they're going to hear it and go, I needed to hear that. Or that's something that I've never considered. I'm so glad that person brought that up. So the idea that I know that's going to be happening more and more is exciting. It's going to happen with people hearing your story and it's going to help them make a pathway in their life. So whether, whether, you know, that's going to happen, I know it's going to happen. So (laughs) that's, what's exciting to me, knowing that people are going to hear what you just shared and it's going to make a difference in their life. That is rad. To be very Californian. That is rad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you wouldn't mind, tell your family, thank you for uh, sparing you for so much time today. I really appreciate yeah. it. And yeah, I'll I'm let you know we're gonna success. when yours is going to be released. We'll give you a heads up just so you can be aware of it. But yeah, we're gonna start releasing at the end of summer, I think.
1: Okay, great. I'm excited.
0: Me too. Excellent. Rayon, thank you so much. Really appreciate thank it. I you, hope you have a great rest of your day.
1: Okay, same to you.
0: All right. Take care.
1: Mm, bye. You too.